0: And we have very fancy programs. Um, You have your own hotel with your wildlife um, projects, and that can cost up to one thousand a week dollars, US dollars. And also, scuba diving projects are very expensive. Um, But if you want to teach abroad, um, as an English teacher, for example, it can be very cheap, like only maybe free or 50, dollars $50 a week, and it will include housing,
1: meals, transportation, yeah. Welcome, this is Phil Michaels, Forbes 30 Under 30 entrepreneur and performance coach. Forbes names the top 30 entrepreneurs, leaders, and stars in the world, and each week we bring you one of them to help you level up in your life and business. From celebrities like LeBron James to Kylie Jenner and Cardi B, you're sure to learn from the list. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now it's time to level up. Level up.
0: Level up. Level up. Level
1: up. Hey. Welcome to Fill with Forbes 30 podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a first-generation college graduate, a social entrepreneur and startup strategist with significant experience from both sides of the Atlantic. He was named as an emerging European Leader by President Barack Obama, Forbes Europe 30 Under 30, as well as Capital Magazine's Young Elite 40 Under 40, for his world-changing idea to revolutionize the meaningful travel industry. His social startup, Volunteer World, actively supports 1,600 projects in more than 82 countries across the world, including U.S., Germany, and Europe. Volunteer World connects volunteers with companies for volunteer projects around the world. They're the Airbnb for international volunteering. Being the founder of one of the most successful German social startups, he has uniquely positioned himself to empathize and understand what social entrepreneurs need at the start of their journey. Please welcome Pascal. Thank you for having me, Phil. <laughs> Very excited to have what Very a excited you to have you here. My pleasure. I'm honored. Uh, Pascal is one of my good friends. I typically call him my German bodyguard because every time we travel together, especially with the Forbes events, he's always right by my side and uh, wearing the typical stereotypical black uh, bodyguard t-shirt. And uh, I usually they have my other German friends on the right and and left of me so uh, he is very close to my heart dear friend we've traveled around the world we've been in a wedding together we've been in uh, California in Germany and I'm very excited to finally share his story with the world you need to hear this one he is such an incredible business uh, but before we dive into that Pascal please share where you were when you found out you made the list I was in London,
0: so I got an email from Forbes that I may be on the list, and that there is a big event. And um, then I was invited to central London to such a to a restaurant, and then my name was announced. And I was overwhelmed. I was more than happy to be on the list Forbes Under Thirty. I never, I never dreamed about it. So it's a big honor to be on the list. And um, it turned out that I have had the opportunity to make good friends, um, as you said, on both sides of the Atlantic in America. I have new friends in China, in Africa, from all over the world. Very inspirational people. And um, once again, thank you for having me on your new podcast.
1: Thank you for being here. I know the listeners are really going to benefit from this story and are most likely going to take part in your company and what you have to offer. Yeah. And and I want to echo what you said. The Forbes list is incredible because you have people from around the world that are are not just great people but are actually crushing it in their respective industry and it get isn't it amazing how once you have a friend in another country it's almost like you you have an extension to that part of the world now their culture, their food, their music and you might even get to visit that part of the country and have a personal tour guide as a result of having that new relationship that new friendship
0: and um phil you know what i really like is when you discuss about a topic and you can get so many perspectives on that controversial topic maybe and then you learn a lot from each other so it's a very different thing to be in israel to talk about um, very interesting controversial. topics. Yeah. Controversial maybe, yeah. And then you you get a perspective from China, from the, the US American perspective, and maybe the very special German perspective on all those topics. And um, yeah, it was a very exciting event in, those, in, in Israel. And um, I'm more than happy Um, that we met.
1: Thank you. Likewise. And I know this is just the beginning of our travels together. Uh, But yeah, echoing that too, it's so important to have such a diverse community. Take us back to the very beginning. Where are you from? Where you grew up? And then the path that led you to where you are today, making it to the Forbes list.
0: Okay. Um, So I grew up in a very small town in Germany. And literally, I I lived next to cows and horses and with my brother um, I remember this very well. I used to play hide and seek in the cornfields and my grandparents um, were farmers, actually. And as you said, I'm the first um, person in my family um, that went to university and um, I, I brought up with solid values, which I still live by. Um, my father taught me one thing, live and let live. So he taught me a very liberal way of thinking. And at the same time, he taught me that I don't have to waste too much time and energy on what other people think about me. So I think those are two good, very learnings that helped me as an entrepreneur in my daily life. And, um, so, I was initially drawn to the corporate world and when I was in high school I dreamt I dreamed to become an investment banker like like Gordon Gecko or maybe like the guy from Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I was Jordan I was, Yeah, right. I was 16 and I thought fast big money would be a great idea for me. Um and this is why I started my career at a bank and worked in the financial industry for several years. Um, but I felt that there was something misses, missing in my life. So I did not have the feeling that my professional life um, was meaningful. Or in other words, that I did not see the purpose in my, my career life. And at the same time, I um, met my, one of my best friends, he's called Felix, and he told me about a great, a great thing he did right after high school. So he went to Namibia in Africa in order to teach tennis. He used to, he used to become a professional tennis um, tennis player and he wanted he to give something back to society. And um, at the same time, I worked as a volunteer soccer coach in my hometown as well. So he, uh, he and I, both of us, we worked as volunteers more or less, and both um, we liked international traveling. Um, still today. Um, I used to do some distance traveling, one or two or even three times a year, and I love new cultures. Uh, I, I love to experience new places, and I think this is this is what we have in common, Phil. Um, you are a very open person, and you also like other cultures and to get new perspectives, and this is how you how you can learn about learn about people. And, and this is what's very important in, in my life.
1: Yeah. It helps. Um, it helps change your worldview, gives you a greater worldview because you have so many different extended perspectives across the areas of the world. And I love that you started out in banking, which is, is so dichotomous from what you're doing now. If <laughs> you took like the corporate job, first of all, you came from a farm. So that's even dichotomous in and of itself. And your dad sounds like an amazing man teaching you valuable lessons. You go into corporate bank, you're successful, you're making money, you're doing your thing and then you didn't feel fulfilled. And so you see your friend goes on this sh- volunteer trip teaching tennis and then it inspired you to do something similar because you were teaching soccer already or football. Correct.
0: And and he told me that it was pain in the ass to find a suitable volunteer project abroad. So um all he found was uh, high prices um very very lack of transparency in the market and there are thousands of ngos in 80 or 90 countries that are searching for international volunteers but they but they have no access to western marketing sources um so there has to So be you saw a gap?
1: You saw a gap in the market? I, I,
0: saw, I, saw, I saw a big gap. A very fragmented industry and um, like, um, like the hotel industry 30 years ago or 20 years ago. So when you wanted to sleep, uh, to have a hotel in another city, you, you called a hotel maybe and nowadays we have um, Airbnb, we have Trivago, Booking.com, you name it and um, at this time we felt that there has to be a, s- a solution for that a middleman a matchmaker and um, this is how we came up with the idea to build the airbnb for international volunteering so we we, we said we, there must be a quality check or something and tell people what or which projects are worth it to support and and which projects are not that good or uh, have a li- uh, have a limited
1: you quality impact. check you quality correct. check not only the NGO and and what's the project so that way the volunteer isn't getting some BS internship busy work job they're getting something that's meaningful to them where they feel like they're really making an impact and you're making sure it's a legitimate NGO or a legitimate nonprofit
0: correct and we can continue to working behind uh, the scenes and to build this platform and make more, make more volunteer, make volunteering more accessible to the world for sure. Right?
1: It's genius because you, if you were a volunteer and you wanted to do this, you had to find an NGO, you had to call them up. Hey, do you have a volunteer opportunity? You saw the gap. There's volunteers that want to travel the world and make an impact. And there's companies that are looking for these volunteers. So you became the middleman to make it easier with volunteer world, your company now.
0: Yeah, correct, and 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 I was, and I'm still so convinced that this idea um, is perfect for for me and um, has a very big contribution to the world, and this is why I quit my um, job in the financial industry those t- at those times and um, started my own business, and to- together with Christian, and um, he's my highly talented co-founder and the technical brain of Volunteer World and we started to fundamentally change the industry for
1: international volunteering.
0: And now we are the world's leading platform for volunteering abroad.
1: Wow, this is genius. It's one of those no brainer ideas where you're like, ah, I should have thought of that. So it's so amazing because you became just the platform for fulfilling people's wants and needs. So where two questions, I'm sure the audience's thing is too what's the most common volunteer project that you get requested for? And two, where do most of your volunteers come from? And maybe even three, which country do they end up volunteering in most often?
0: Okay, Um, not too hard to um, answer. Actually it's sea turtle projects in Costa Rica. Um, This is very popular.
1: (laughs) Who doesn't want Um, to help sea turtles in Costa Rica?
0: (laughs) So protecting baby sea turtles and bring them to the sea is uh, is a very amazing um, job to do, a volunteer job to do. And then I also visited um, a project in Costa Rica. And um, that, that's one interesting thing I want to mention. So it is four years ago, I went to that very tiny project and I told them about volunteer world. Now they receive dozens of international volunteers and this way they can finance their project and it, it's getting bigger and bigger and more success, successful in terms of social impact. And now they have um, own staff, they have uh, a management that is uh, checking all those new volunteer bookings and they have a whole process and then you can and and volunteer world help that particular project to grow and and this is this is amazing for me to see that um, my idea helped that project in costa rica it's a bit incredible
1: right you're probably inspiring other individuals to become social entrepreneurs themselves i think
0: it's a it's a wonderful idea to to have an own company and to do something good at the same time.
1: So doing good and doing well. well. last time I was in Costa Rica, I met this girl who was doing yoga and we're like, she was a yoga instructor in Costa Rica. And we asked her her story, how she came to Costa Rica. She said she grew up in Toronto, you know, the hustle bustle of Toronto life. It's like New York city. And she was the marketing director for Grey Goose Vodka. And it was just oh. so um, intense. And she said she was so burnt out that she just decided to quit everything, quit her job, cancel her lease, and move to Costa Rica to become a yoga instructor. And she said, I've been a living a more fulfilling and happy life than I, I've ever had before. And her, she said her parents weren't, weren't too happy with it, but now they're excited every time they get to visit Costa Rica. <laughs> Great story. I have a a good
0: friend of mine. Um, She did something similar. Um, She wanted to do a world trip and ended up in Costa Rica as a yoga teacher as well. And she fell in love with um, a local in Costa Rica. And now she
1: lived there for for two or three years. So amazing stories. So Sea Turtles, most popular volunteer project. Costa Rica is the country. And yeah. then, where where are the volunteers most often from?
0: Yeah, we have two big markets. Um, for sure, it's the US-American market. Um, and we have a very strong European market, especially um, Germany and France are very, very supportive in, in terms of having international volunteers. And UK as well, yeah. So actually, Sometimes um, it's a bit strange why people from one country um, have many volunteers and other, and other countries um, don't, but it's more or less a very cultural thing. So in, in, the, in the American society is very used to have that giving back um, spirit, right? Like making donations and um, help uh, support your neighborhood, et etc. And some other countries don't have that kind of giving back um, movement in, in there. Why do you think society. that is historical? Uh, so um, if you, co- if you look at the Arab Arabian countries, they used to live in tribes and they are very supportive in their tribe, but they don't, um, one tribe, does not ha- so it's very general, right? But but one tribe does not help the other one, but they help each other, and, and the community is very strong but very close. And um, yeah, there's there's one reason, but but there are also religious reasons. Um, so some religions um, say that you have to help each other, um, and and no matter no matter who yeah and who it is um it's very strong in the jewish and christian religion and um some also in the, in the um islam that's also um the same fundamental base to support each other but as i said they have other historical roots with with tribes and Yeah. But it's it's a very long story. Why, why people tend to volunteer in other countries. So there's no one answer for this, but there's multiple
1: variables that are affecting and I'm sure disposable income has something to do with it too. If you're you're worried about where your next meal is going to come from, you might be less inclined to travel the world and volunteer.
0: That's for sure. That's for sure. But also we have disparities and in Europe, and even rich countries like um, Scandinavian countries, they don't um, do that um, international volunteering too much. Mm. And it also has to do with something where, with the travel culture or the, the, or the share of people that
1: um, travel abroad each year. And um, yeah. Yeah, the Germans, US is pretty high. They, I remember the, the Olympics in Russia, there was more Americans, there for the olympics than any other country in the world uh second to russia of course um and i thought it was such an interesting statistic and actually when i was working in the syrian refugee camps in azraq in jordan they they have the list of the donors u.s was by far number one it wasn't even close number two the next closest was actually ikea out of all the countries in the world ikea was number two in terms of numbers of dollars donated i thought that was that was fascinating and and it it was interesting because you know like you said about keeping it within the tribe there wasn't many middle eastern countries on that list in terms of the top 10 i think it was the top 20 there even though it was it was people of their own of their own kind it was interesting but i think what you're Platform allows people to do is travel with spending less money. So they're they're not Needing disposable income as much so they can get those um, Alternative perspectives they can change their worldview and see multiple cultures around the world without spending an arm and a leg So how do you make it more affordable for those that might not have the disposable income that a wealthy? American or European has for example
0: Yeah, so We don't make up the prices, but the the volunteer organizations um, have the choice to 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 quote their volunteer programs. And we have free volunteer programs. We have volunteer programs that are very affordable and very cheap. And we have very fancy programs. Um, You have your own hotel with your wildlife um, projects and that can cost up to 1000 a week, dollars US dollars. And also scuba diving projects are very expensive. Um, but if you want to teach abroad um, as an English teacher, for example, it can be very cheap, like only maybe three or 50, $50 a week and it will include housing, meals, transportation. Yeah, so and I think Can they cool. go on their
1: way? If, if- Uh, an audience member is listening and they want to go to your website and choose a category do you have them broken down into categories like environmental projects uh human impact projects financial impact projects
0: yeah um for sure so actually we have a budget filter and you can filter for teaching programs in africa which costs less than $50 a week in May 2021 and then we show you 20 or 30 programs and then you can go on the map and check out what's the area And, and there's also a live chat and you get free consulting from our people and you just tell them what you want to do and even if you have a very abstract wish, like I want to volunteer with animals somewhere in Africa, something like that, we can help you out and,
1: and narrow yeah. it down to exactly what they're looking for. We narrow down,
0: narrow down. Yeah. What's your budget? Wh- when do you want to travel? How old are you? What are your skills? Um, what is your, what's your goal? Yeah. What,
1: what does your heart desire
0: Yeah. And, right.
1: and does the NGO I'm assuming offer subsidizing in some cases, like maybe they'll pay for a, a portion of the, the travel or lodging? It, it, it depends.
0: Yeah. So as I, as I told you, we have free programs. So lodging is for free. And um, if you come with your partner or with your family, we have um, special offerings um, as a group. For example, we have um, group discounts and We also have a special discount now, if you want to, if you commit for the next year, if you want to travel um, in 2021 due to the Corona crisis, um, we have a 30% discount. Mm -hmm.
1: It's amazing. So if you enroll before June 30th, audience members, you can save up to 30% for your next meaningful trip in 2021. So you can plan your journey now and travel next year after the COVID crisis. And Pascal and his team were generous enough and nice enough to offer you in the audience a coupon code. If you use the coupon code, fill30, you get $30 discount on Volunteer World um, outside of the, the additional offer that you've provided. And so thank you for being generous. And can you tell us maybe how you started this once you became successful, like how did you find success? How did you get to that point where you're like, oh, this is actually working?
0: Yeah, tough one. Um, every good founding story starts with a lot of failures that um, teach you a lot. And um, I remember very well that there was an investment route, I think in the second or third year of Volunteer world coming up. Um, And although everything was verbally agreed, everything got canceled last minute. And that's one of those moments you feel let down, defeated, and you blame yourself the most. And you constantly ask yourself what did wrong and why, and what could have changed um, in this moment. And the truth is, even after a thorough analysis, I did not know what happened. And I may never know. But so what should happens. And back to the story, um, we needed to prepare for a new round for sure uh, within two days. And you really learn how to switch gears in those moments when something like this happens, right. Um, and it's very empowering to be able to pivot during difficult situations and focus. You have to focus on the goal when, when this happens. And at the end mm. of the day, we closed, at the end of the day, we closed the round with a different investor. And, um, it was like in the movie in, in the last, last 10 seconds, and um, before we got, uh, we could have gone bankrupt. So it was very close. Wow. Um, the, yeah, it was. Sometimes I I cried a bit in in this situation when when the investor canceled. I was like, it took me like a month to convince him. And and then he called me and said, sorry, Pascal, I can't do it. And then he hang up. So like, what the fuck is happening here?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I totally get it. It, I actually empathize with you. I had a similar situation and you, you start doubting yourself. You doubt the idea. You doubt, do I have the right team members? You start questioning everything. What did I do wrong? And sometimes you just, you need to learn to not take it personal and keep moving forward. Progress equals happiness. And you decided, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to give up. And uh, it's like, there's a saying in America, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And don't count (laughs) your checks before they cash. So in, there is, it doesn't really count until you have the money in the bank. I don't care if they say the wire transfer is, is happening until the money is in your account. It doesn't count. So uh, what did you do in that moment? That must've been a traumatic moment. What did you do to come over that, to overcome that fear, um, anxiety, stress?
0: I went jogging. Yeah. Like for an hour. It's like I, I did sports and I cried. Yeah. So like, And I was overwhelmed, like emotionally. And and I thought I I felt empty and alone. And I I called, I think I called my family and my best friends. And then I knew that I only have two more days. And then I worked my ass off. I I went, I grabbed the the phone and I called everyone. I I knew at this time who who had money. Yeah. There was no plan B
1: you turned that energy into something positive. You had anger, uh, sadness, anxiety, stress, and you just decided to pivot that energy into something more productive, more positive, into attracting the new investor, which ultimately worked. And and that must've been a proud moment. How did you feel at that that moment, once you got the money in the bank from the new investor?
0: Yeah, like it was overwhelming, like uh, at this moment, i forgot all the pain um i felt too far for for two days um at this time yeah and and i was very um tired then yeah so i, I focused all my en- my energy was focused on that round and when i closed it i think i slept for one day only um I was, uh, I was out of any, en- my energy package was empty. Or how, how do you, how do you put it? But I think you, you got it right. So I was happy, but I was.
1: You are exhausted.
0: exhausted, you were drained, correct. your energy was drained. Yeah, correct. I
1: mean, when you go through all these ups and downs and the roller coaster, I forget who said this, but he said success is just moving from one failure to the next without losing enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: look at the um, corona crisis now so we had the best figures ever in in january february this year and then um, our bookings dropped i think 95 percent and um i think and there is still no inter- intercontinental travel yet and we um, don't think that there will be much this year um, but there are two lessons, so never give up and don't panic. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm very proud to say that we had not to fire anyone from our core team in these That's times. True. Yeah. Despite the um, tense situation, Um. Yeah, which still continues. Yeah. We look Yeah, that, please.
1: What did you do to manage that? Because your business directly relies and depends on the travel industry. So how did you adjust?
0: yeah we look ahead we look ahead and focus on the business we can achieve now under these special circumstances and as i said we have that early bird promotion which works very well so people laugh still love traveling so but they are banned they can't travel and um when they commit now and book a volunteer project um until june 30th end of june They can save a lot of money and they help those NGOs with their money Mm -hmm. now. Right? That's smart.
1: That's talk about playing offense rather than defense. You're correct. And those that are listening, you're, you're getting into the market at a discount. So you're getting an opportunity to travel the world, make a meaningful impact on someone's life or something's life, like an environment or uh, or an animal. And you can do that now. So, those that are listening, sign up for this amazing opportunity. Do you have an age requirement? Do you have to be a student?
0: Um, 16, you have to be at least 16. And, but it also depends on the project. Um, for some projects you have to have academic credits, at least for example, for medical projects. Um, um and yeah, there are, it, it highly depends on the program, but there are also many programs that don't have that high, requirements.
1: And what's the most common NGO that people like to work with outside of the project? Is there a particular NGO or nonprofit that receives more requests than any other?
0: Yes. So we also work with um, agencies like, um, and and they have several NGOs um, and, and they manage several NGOs and i think there's an australian yeah there's an australian um volunteer agencies and they have um themselves projects in 20 countries and mm-hmm. i think they they are very responsive they are affordable they have high quality projects um and you know that this is um, value for money if you go with them and um we promote them um, with our
1: you have rating and review systems. So volunteers that have been on that project before can share their insights, what they liked, what they didn't like.
0: I think we have 16,000 reviews on volunteer world. And yeah, this this is our big asset. So you can check out the opinions of former volunteers. And this is what people want to see. You don't want to see the brochure of a project, but. When you go to Amazon.com and you check out um, a new product, you want to read those reviews of the the other customers, and that is what you rely on. And this is why they have to be one centralized platform. This is volunteer world. So, what if you're a company?
1: What if you're a company and you want to get on the platform to start attracting volunteers? How do they do that?
0: And like marketing wise
1: let's say they want to get on your platform and they yeah. want to they want to start yeah, so, bringing in volunteers through your platform
0: uh like an ngo like yeah, want to work with okay i got it um so very easy um they get in touch with all the, with our live chat or there is a, a registration form and then there's um, a vetting process a multi-level vetting process and we have um an interview with a project manager we need some documents Um, we ask former volunteers of that project if it's worth it to go there we check out the neighborhood where the next uh, medical
1: doctor how do you get there you fully vet them in every way so you're thinking through what the volunteer might think like what happens if there's an emergency you know what is my living condition going to be like is the project going to be meaningful enough
0: so we we know that this that this is pain to to collect all those information and um, this is why we put them directly online to have them all, to have all of those valuable information on one page. So this
1: is our service. It's amazing. What's, I mean, this is, how did you get those initial customers? How did you, when you first got the platform, how did you get all the volunteers on there? How did you get the the right NGOs on there? And cause I always think about hustling when you're a startup, you have to hustle. So what's something scrappy you did to hustle that maybe you couldn't have revealed in the very beginning, but you can reveal now.
0: Okay. Big secret. Since we started in 2015, we always claimed that we are the world's leading platform for international volunteering. Even when we did not have one single successful (laughs) booking on our website.
1: We are so, the world's best
0: uh, Yeah, right. and
1: then you, so. you ended up becoming the world's largest and so you've had to fake it till you make it.
0: Correct. So either I'm very confident or I can look into the future, Phil. Make a choice. Yeah. yeah and, you created yeah. your
1: future rather than letting it be decided for you. You manifested Correct. it into reality. Yeah. I took the red pill. Good answer. <laughs> the matrix for those that don't understand what he means. So let's transition now into something I like to call the under 30 seconds round. All right. I'm gonna fire off some questions, answer with the first one that comes to mind. Ready? All right, I'm ready. What is the book you've gifted, Pascal, more than any other book and why?
0: It, is it one uh, George Bukai Let me tell a story. It's about 50 or 60 philosophical short stories uh, that give you inspiration and a different perspective on your daily life.
1: Boom. What's one of the best investments and one of the worst investments you've ever made and why?
0: Best investment, uh, Tinder gold package. This is how I met my girlfriend. And (laughs) worst investment.
1: Tinder um, gold package. (laughs) It's amazing.
0: Uh, Worst investment, um, ah, I sold t- trading cards. Um, I don't know if they are um, um, famous in, 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 in the US. It, it, it's called magic cards or something like that. Yeah. that at, at a very low price. And why? Because I badly wanted a new computer when I was 12, 13 or 14, like very young. And lesson learned, take your time for a good deal and have a holistic view on your whole transaction.
1: Good answer. What's the most impactful thing you do in your morning routine and the most impactful thing you do in your evening routine? Cool.
0: So Phil, I know you like those self-optimization things, but I have to confess I don't, I don't believe in that new age delusion, but I'm a big believer in getting enough rest and enjoying life as you may know, I sleep, (laughs) I sleep in. Yeah, I really sleep in and relax in my free time. um, Because I'm a night owl and I often work very long hours and um, I work in my own rhythm um, and get my best work done in the evening or even at night.
1: You don't force yourself, you make sure you're well rested. I mean, that's so important. It's not, it's not um, how many hours you're awake. It's what you get done in the hours you're awake. So it doesn't matter what time you wake up. If you're more productive in the one hour that you have, then you're better off and you're going to be more productive if your brain is well rested. Correct. Number four, pretend you won the Peter Thiel Fellowship and you were going to get money to start a business instead of go to college. What's the very first thing you do to start a new business?
0: Mm, So that means I get two years time and have 100,000 bucks, right? Uh, tricky, tricky, tricky. Uh, maybe I work on a solution um, for uh, parabolic flights and um, that, that they can get more affordable. Why? I would like to feel um, the weightlessness in space and for once in my life. And, and I'm a big science fiction fan. And mm. yeah, may, maybe, maybe I use this money for, for that dream.
1: There you I go. Follow. You get create a platform for those that want this same adventure. <laughs> It'll pay correct, for your trip. Correct.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Last question in this round What's something you never knew you needed?
0: Wow. I pass. <laughs> What's something you. And now, no.
1: Volunteer world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe this one. Maybe this one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There you go. And um, so actually, this allows me to dive in a little bit deeper than when you were first getting that initial base of users and NGOs. And you said we we claimed ourselves the number one, the largest in the world. Did you share that through Facebook ads, Instagram ads? How did you get the initial set of users? and, and yeah.
0: NGOs. so we're in a niche market with international volunteering and so um, adwords or google ads google it's called now what's is very good for us because you know the intention um of our customer when he she typed it into the search form right so you know it, the keywords
1: that they're going to be typing correct
0: in. correct so that's very good for niche market so it's very it's a very complicated product um and it takes a lot of time to make the final decision and um, it turned out it's very expensive to retarget and retarget um cold customers on facebook instagram so first of all we tried to attract all people that actively search for the product and mm-hmm. in the second tier we target all those people with a lookalike audience that are very similar to our core target group
1: that makes sense because most of your users if you want to volunteer you'd probably go to google and say volunteer opportunities and now Correct. you know what those words are going to be for the next subset of the population looking for the same idea so that's amazing. I, I love the work you're doing. It, it's I know the, the listeners are going to benefit from this and the companies that are listening that want to attract volunteers. This is the place to do it. The world's largest uh, Pascal. Thank you so much for being here today. Before you go, what's the next big goal milestone or bucket list item you want to achieve?
0: Um, okay, easy one, I'm um, my travel startup out of a crisis with global travel restrictions and on a personal level, Phil, meeting you again in person.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I know it will be soon, you know, Tampa, Florida is at 50% capacity. So please come get the antibody, you're going to be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we might have to do a, a repeat episode with you after you've survived with your company during this crisis, because a lot of companies are not surviving and, and are going to fail. So your success story is going to be one listeners will definitely benefit from after this. Where do listeners go to connect with you directly? On LinkedIn. That's a good place. Okay. We'll put in the show notes. What you wanted to say something? Um,
0: yeah. I want to say that I'm looking forward to our second podcast and the volunteer world is ready to strike back and
1: kick ass post coronavirus virus. Mm. You heard it first um, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Thank you so much for being here today. This is Pascal with Volunteer World who's connecting volunteers with nonprofits and NGOs around the world to make meaningful impact. We've learned so much what to do when you don't get that investment, how to keep moving forward how to make sure you're going to Costa Rica to enjoy your life and save the sea turtles. Pascal, thank you so much for being here today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. I hope this episode helped you as much as it helped me. Have an amazing day. Thanks for joining us today. I hope this episode helped you as much as it helped me. Who do you think would benefit from hearing it? You can make an impact on their life by sharing it now. Before you go, I encourage you to tell us your favorite part of the episode in the review section. Now, it's time to level up. up. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.